one level. But I think that dreams are not only ours. I think that dreams belong to humanity as well. Ideas are just floating around out there in the universe, waiting for the right person to come along, you know. Really coming down to this place that we are all connected, as within, so without, as above, so below. Hello dreamers and welcome to What Do They Mean? The podcast series where we, the Dream Collective, interview dream specialists in order to share our education of dream psychology. We want to understand how we can use them to inform our creativity. And it's amazing to have you join us in that exploration. In today's episode, we talk to Alice Mulasso, an experienced psychotherapist speaking to us from a small town called Chieri near Turin, Italy. She works in a therapeutic setting with dreams in a structure known as social dreaming. We're going to begin by leading into her talking a bit about the various organisations she works with, as well as her own private practice. We really got a lot out of this conversation, so I really hope you enjoy. Uh, so Coirac is an, an organisation uh, which is made at the national level in Italy. And it runs a training institute for psychotherapists, group and individual, but it is also an association organizing cultural events. So my engagement with Coira is through my local association, which is APRAGI, and it's based in Turin, and it's a group analytic uh, association for research and training and promotion of group analysis and at this level I, I, I am a, a teacher in uh, the training institute in Turin for Coirac training institute for group analysts or psychotherapists individual and group psychotherapists and I teach their um, group analysis but this is only a small part of my job because my main job is of course psychotherapy individual and group and I have a private practice here in Chieri my the, the, the town where I live and where I was born and in, in Turin I work um, in a private in a social private practice uh, it is a social enterprise running a practice of applied group analysis we founded it in 2008 we had financial support from two foundations, and we offer psychotherapy at low price, social price. It's in between private and public, national health service. Okay, so these are my main, uh, the company, I would say, the, the, the enterprise for which I work is on the one hand, Archipelago, which mean in English, I think it's RC. Um, Archipelago is um, a, a number of islands. I don't know how to pronounce it in English. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, and then my private practice. So this is my main uh, engagement. So Koirag is a, is an important part of my life, but mainly volunteer. <laughs> That's what I mean. I, I do the teaching, but then uh, I'm involved in Koirag, in Koirag projects and whatever, but uh, it's mainly a, a volunteer part of my uh, engagement. So, so you explained a bit more about what that organization is, but would you be able to tell us a bit about um, the roles that dreams play within uh, the organization? It's yeah. a, a Koirag. Uh, 
speaking about Korag, I speak about my belonging, my affiliation, which is a praji, because Korag is, um, is made of associations, of local associations, okay? Um, Korag is in Turin, is in Milan, is in Padua, is in uh, Rome, is in Genova, and is in Palermo. Mm -hmm. And in each of these towns, there are local associations like Apragi. So I can talk about dreams and Apragi because Apragi has a long-standing tradition in, with dreams and dream work. Uh, and within Apragi, uh, there is the Dream Academy, which is called, and it was founded by one of Apragi founders, Dr. Anna Maria Traveni. Uh, she was born in Rijeka, when Rijeka was uh, in Croatia, when it was still Yugoslavia, ex-Yugoslavia, was still uh, Italian uh, after, before the war. And, and then she moved to Turin. And she was very, very interested in the use of dream at a social level, not only at an individual level, but a collective level. So she combined mm. dreams and large groups and medium groups. She was a group, the first group analyst in Turin, I, I guess, uh, in the 70s. And she founded the workshop in large group through dream telling. And I met this experience in 2001. And I took part to this experience for about 11, 12, 12 years, 12 years, which is twice a year we would gather. It was open to citizens not only to psychotherapists, but to citizens, because it changes very much when you get all psychotherapists in a group or when you get citizens from different backgrounds. It's much more enjoyable and free. And uh, we would start writing down a dream. Each of us was invited, each participant was invited to write down a dream, put the dream, fold the sheet of paper, put it in a basket in the middle of the circle of chairs, and then one person would, you know, pick up a dream anonymously and read it. And the group would start associating to the dream. And we would work for seven sessions from Saturday morning until Sunday, about midday, one o'clock. And that was done twice a year. So this was my imprinting, let's say, with dreams in my association, in a project. And we also worked with this methodology, with, you can use it in organization, not only in the community, you can use it with, uh, in the training, for instance. And, uh, and so this is my experience, how I started working with dreams within Koiraga Praji. Uh, I don't know if I answered your question. If it's yeah, correct. I think for the most, I guess that, that displays the, the sort of, functionality of what you're doing but I suppose it'd be interesting to know um, sort of how that allows dreams to be therapeutic and why and why that subject in particular for helping people. In this case, uh, in this case the main aim wasn't therapy of the individual but somehow when you meet this is a community intervention, so the aim is more humanizing society and to learn how to talk to each other and to dialogue. So dreams mm -hmm. are very important in this respect because dream is a universal language. Everybody dreams. And humanity was born dreaming. 
Well, it's something that belongs to everybody, uh, regardless of age, education, ethnicity, uh, work or sex, gender, whatever, age. So it's, some, it's a universal language coming from, from the depth of our mind. And so it's something that you don't judge usually. It's very difficult that you find a judgment in a group when a dream is told. So it makes the group more free. And if you don't focus on the individual level of the dream, but on the collective level, let's see, let's, uh, let's explore, let's associate to the dream and what this dream is telling us about the society we are in, the historical mm. period we are uh, experiencing. Mm? So uh, at that level, the individual is a bit on the back, you know, and is not the main focus. There are no interpretations, but there is exploration, which is different. And, mm. and so it helps develop, build a dialogue in a safe enough space. It's different when you work with dreams on a therapeutic level, both individual or group. If you want, I can tell something about it. Because yeah. mm-hmm. in, in a therapeutic, when I, for instance, when I work, first of all, my experience, but if this is my experience, um, people, patients don't dream so much. They don't remember, often they do not remember their dreams. So uh, sometimes part of the therapeutic work is to encourage them to get in touch with their dreaming life, dreaming function. Because everybody dreams, but the issue is that sometimes we do not remember, or there are many uh, problems with, with, um, uh, with the sleep, uh, sleep impairment, sleep, you know, due to anxiety, due to stress, due to certain, due to light rhythm, due to pollution, due to devices. So the, the rhythm and the way people sleep has changed. But when dreams come, an individual level, it's that they are very precious because they do not come from the left hemisphere, but they come from the, rather from an, another not a logical, rational level. And so that if you explore dreams with your patient, you can make a connection to, to emotions, to uh, insight, to... Um, it's like a journey. It's like a journey. I, I see it like a journey. I don't use much interpretation, but more exploration also in therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's important that person, that people can discover the meaning that that dream, that image, that feeling has for them. It, it's yeah. like a learning to handle, like learning maybe to, you know, to play a song or to play uh, a musical uh, piece. And so they, mm-hmm. we have dreams that sometimes we don't know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. And in a group, group psychotherapy, which I'm very fond of, I use them on, uh, in two different ways, two different focuses. One is on the individual telling the dream. Because in group psychotherapy, as we in group analysis conceive of it, uh, the focus is the, it's a therapy of the individual through the group process. So on the individual, but also we ask, 
our says, well, what is this dream telling about the group? Did you dream this dream for the group as well? Can we explore this level as well? So you see, you, you had the two levels at least that you have to keep uh, together. And the third experience for me is that my dreams about therapies. And I have discovered that they helped me a lot to understand how to cope with difficult situations, especially in group therapy, which is more complex. And I call them my inner supervision function. And I receive a great help. I usually dream after the session. If I have a very difficult session, that night often I have a dream that helps me. So it's, uh, it's very useful for me. I rely a lot on my dream and dreaming function. It's a way of, uh, Cardinal Lawrence used to say that dream is a way that, it's a way of, it's a kind of thought. We, maybe we know more the rational thought during the day, but dreaming is another kind of thought, of thinking that our mind uses. Do you see dreaming as a, a form of processing? A form? What, what do you mean by, by that? Uh, a way to process events and emotions in life. Do you think that, that is the Not core? only, not only. I think it's more than that. This is one level. But I think that dreams are not only ours. I think that dreams, I agree with, uh, with uh, who says, says that dreams belong to humanity as well. They convey us something about, that they connect, we are connected. We are really connected with each other by through transpersonal processes, and there is energy, and and so dreams are also this part, this social collective part. For instance, one astonishing experience that happened to me in it was in 2004. I think it was 2004. It was on the the night between the 25th of September of December and the 26th of December. And that night, I dreamt for the first time in my life that it became a recurrent dream, a tsunami. And when I woke up, there had been a tsunami in, in Malaysia. And, and you remember, it was in 2004, I think, a tremendous tsunami. Mm -hmm. And it was that night I dreamt of it. So I think that was connected somehow. Um, it wasn't pre a preview of something because it was happening in that moment. So it was, it's not about foreseeing or, but it's about connections and energy. I think, so, I think it was really beautiful what you were saying about the concept that everybody dreams and that is what connects us yeah. on, a, on a quite basic human level is that yeah. it's something that we all do universally. Yeah, we, we, something we have, you know, it's like blood. When I, did, I remember when we had the war, in Yugoslavia in the 90s. Uh, at that time, my husband and I, we were students in Padova and university and uh, uh, close to the border. And there was a couple bringing aid to the Bos in Bosnia in that period. And they told us there is an aid that nearly everybody can give and everybody has it. It doesn't cost anything, which is blood. And I think the dream is something alike. You know, we can uh, gift one another with dreams. There's one more, there's just one thing I want to, if you could clarify before we move on. 
which is you mentioned the difference between um, exploring dreams as a group and, and that being different from interpretation. So I just wondered if you could just clarify for, for people listening that, that difference between exploring and interpreting. Yeah. I think that in, in my experience, interpretation is, uh, deals with unveil something. Hmm? with making, uh, yeah, giving a meaning. And, 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 and the, the assumption behind is that uh, it, interpretation comes from Freud for sure, no? but it's like uh, uh, the, the dream is telling us something and we have to interpret it. It's not clear. No? So we have to make an effort to, uh, to give an interpretation. And, and, and I think that this is a process that can be useful, but can also close to me. Um, and I think that exploring is more like uh, building through association. And it's like a journey. It's like having a lot of, and it's, we, you do it together with the group or with the uh, persons. Uh, with the people um, or the person involved and i think exploring more like opening you don't need to 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 reach uh, an explanation or an interpretation or a meaning necessarily but you uh, you explore you um, you open you you open up so you don't know where mm. that dream will lead you to which association to which dream to which landscape but I see exploring more like wandering or sailing. Right? I don't mean interpretation is important as well. I, I'm not very clever at, at interpreting. I don't think I'm very clever at interpreting or <laughs> <laughs> I prefer exploring. <laughs> I find it more useful. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's interpretation would be different, wouldn't it, anyway? So you couldn't yes. pin one thing to yeah. one person or like one size fits all because it would be so different depending on each person. Of course, there's not one. So as musicians, uh, we're interested in music for its healing qualities. Uh, so we were wondering if you have any experience in this area or what mm. your thoughts on music therapy are? I don't have experience in this area, unfortunately. I mean, don't, I don't have the experience of a musician because I don't play instrument. Um, although I would have loved to um, when I was a kid, but it was impossible that time. And, uh, and I'm, I don't work with music. Uh, I have a good friend who is a music therapist. And I participated once to a session. And I, was, I know there are different... Uh, approaches. Her approach is that people make music, regardless whether they can play or not an instrument. So when she arrives, she arrives with a lot of different devices or tools to not necessarily instruments to make music together. So I appreciated very much that session because uh, it makes Again, music, you can see maybe a little bit like dream, that music is uh, universal, <laughs> that kids, babies start making 
sounds before speaking, <laughs> like music somehow. They are sensitive to the music. I remember when I was pregnant, I used to listen to a lot of music because I was convinced that my uh, babies would <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> so, um, and I, I do believe in the healing power of, of music. I know there, uh, I was very, I can tell you things that I, um, situation that I experienced that struck me. For instance, I was struck once I saw um, um, a recording of a training session of group therapy in Rwanda. And at the end of the group session and of the training, since music for them and dancing with the rhythm of music is very important, at the end of the session and of the training, uh, the participants would dance. What we don't usually do here. But this was like, I think, um, a drawing close to culture. And I thought that was really uh, amazing. Uh, for me and and i know there there is music that can bring you to a trance so some healing practices are based on music music is really necessary and uh, but also i have experienced the um, how music can uh, speed up yeah, that was in one of my patients uh, a psychotic breakdown for instance when she, in a person who is already, who is already suffering from a psychotic impairment, uh, and when she started feeling not so well, she started listening to music, and to the music she used to listen when she was, for instance, uh, when she the first time that she was, uh, she had a breakdown when she was very young. And listening to that music in a compulsion, she couldn't stop listening to those songs of the were song of the eighties. And then she really had the, that triggered, uh, like speeding up the the breakdown. So music can have different um, impact, not only healing, yeah. it can also. Uh, there are some patients who, when they don't feel good, they can listen. They listen to some music, but they cannot listen to some other kind of music, for instance. Mm. Mm. I think that's yeah tied with. I think there's a music has a a very uh, deep connection to emotion, doesn't it? It it, it fires yeah. up those parts. I can't remember what yeah. part of the brain it is, but it goes directly. The right. Um, I think it's the right hemisphere. It really triggers yeah. that. But I know, also know that music is, um, to me, music is like learning another language. I mean, you musician, you have another language that people who don't know, don't read, don't write, don't play music, they don't, we don't have. Um, I think it's very, and it's a very special language yeah. because it is not with word. I got a bit closer to music with my son because he, he plays. So he plays percussions and marimba, uh, the instrument. He, we have a huge marimba here. <laughs> and, uh, so it's nice, very nice. So I, I understood that music has got a lot to do with mathematics as well. And, yes. and it's, I was very uh, interested in it. But I don't personally 
have this part of expertise or uh, and i'm sorry about it but i cannot say you more than than this because i'm not competent <laughs> <laughs> but i do i do know fun. that it's healing i do know it's healing it was interesting um you saying about the coming together of people as well and within mm. those social dreaming circles and then within music and how it yeah. brings people together and I think a big core part of our project is collaboration yeah. we're really keen to explore um, so maybe uh, we could ask what, what the function of group analysis and how important collaboration is um, for mental health do what do you because this question you sent it to me but i could could you explain what you mean because i it's not so clear because of the language so the the process of of why why coming together in in a group is okay. more potentially more effective than working one-on-one -on -one with somebody or or just different and why yeah. why your work has involved that okay Okay, okay, okay. Now I, I understand it better. Okay, thanks. Mm, the issue is that, uh, let's say that the group, a group, uh, for therapy, groups are small groups, not uh, big, medium or large group. So they are family-centric group, we can say, that they trigger dynamics and relationships and processes and emotions similar to the one you ex one experience experiences in family group so smaller group um, and being in a group it's like being in our natural medium because we are social throughout so uh, we are born in we are the the outcome of a meeting of two people we have a whole history of a whole group before uh, we enter a history that's what i mean when we are born we enter a history and when you enter a small therapeutic group you enter a history unless you are part of the foundation of the group but usually we have i have um, slow open groups so once they are founded they carry on people can close their um, their therapy when they feel it is time to do it but new members can enter so you enter a history we are not monads and so in a way a, a psychotherapy group is like the natural uh, medium uh, for a human being because we are social so in a psychotherapy group you have also not only the relationship with the therapist but you have the relationship with peers you can um, uh, there are some therapeutic factors which are very important like un universality you discover that your suffering or your thoughts or some of your experiences are not so unique whether there are other people, they are part of the human range of experience. And that can help a lot not to feel so uh, unique or uh, in a negative sense or um, alone in experiences something. I, I can uh, mirror myself in the others. 
and uh, find in them parts that are also mine, bits that are also mine, uh, and get in touch with them and acknowledge them. And I can experience altruism, so the, my capacity of being of help through my experience, regardless of, my, uh, of being or not being a psychotherapist. But I can, as a member of a group, I am a co-therapist as well. So I, I, I discovered that I can, my experience, my life, my thoughts, my emotions can be of help for somebody else. And I can also in a group, members of a group can work of, on the here and now. So instead of reporting, they experience actually relationships, conflicts, and, and it's possible to reflect and to talk of what is happening now and how what is happening now is like what is happening outside. But here I can look at it. I can stop and say, okay, let's stop and let's look at it. What is going on? Why are you feeling that way? Why Mary did make Joan feel that way? What did she do? Or what did you do that provoked that reaction? It's, it's like a really... Uh, a lab a workshop uh, ongoing is it um, is it clear you can work on projection on projective identification uh, you can uh, get to train yourself to to be in also in conflict to manage conflicts conflict situation or and and so on so I think it's mm. a very good medium yeah I think you answered that really well yeah so. it, yeah. Was it good? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> because I do, I do believe very, I believe no, believe not because it reminds me of a religion, but I trust a lot group psychotherapy. And I'm very sorry because in, in Italy it's not so well known and it takes a while to make people understand that is because they tell you, oh, if I am in a group, I will have less time for myself. So you see the, the, one of the immediate answer can be that one. It's like measuring everything on an individual, individualistic, um, uh, let's say, pattern. Have you encountered anyone who's had dreams that might have been affected by the pandemic or yourself? Yeah. Well, actually, I, I was uh, in January, I was invited by a colleague uh, to host an ongoing social dreaming matrix in Turin. She has been doing, she has been doing it for 12 years in Rome and then she moved to Turin and she did it for one year in Turin and I took part to it and then she invited me to host it with her. So we started, uh, it was started pre-pandemic. Okay, so once a month we would meet in Turin and people were invited, citizens were invited, and we had this, you know, social dreaming matrix by Gordon Lawrence? Okay, so we would do it according to Gordon Lawrence methodology. And then the pandemic came, okay? And we moved to Zoom, on Zoom and we continued it. So yes, I have experience of my dreams and, and social, and the dreams from the social dreaming matrix during the pandemic. And if you want, I can tell you something about it. Yeah, please. Hmm? Yeah. The first thing I can tell you that struck uh, us, Franca is the name of my colleague and me, was that 
looking back to the matrices of January, February, and even before that, there were already uh, present hints of what was going to happen. Okay, first of all, um, and then well, and then of course there was a process during the pandemic. What I can say is that what the dream and the exploration of the dream uh, made uh, somehow revealed or or showed or or the, the th themes that came up were about uh, um, our usual instruments tools for orientation to orientate ourselves in life are useless our maps are useless don't work anymore this came up in different dreams there was a dream on if you want i can tell you briefly of one of these dream this dream was of people on a boat uh, sailing and uh, they were with a tribe and they were supposed, I, if I remember, uh, to, to, to sail to the island of the tribe. And um, the crew and the captain, uh, the instruments they had were not working anymore. So they had to rely on the ability and the, on the knowledge of the tribe to find the way. No? And so there were different dreams. There was a dream in an, uh, because I took also part to three international uh, social dreaming matrices organized by, I think it was the Gordon, the, the, the Tavistock in, in London or the, the Gordon Lawrence, but Franca invited me. And there also there were dreams about uh, usual tools or maps didn't, work anymore. Another issue that came up through dreams, through the matrices, was, was the, uh, the many dreams with waves and with water. And it was like when the water or the wave withdrew, uh, there you could see what there was underneath. So we thought a lot, of, we explored that, and it was like uh, the situation of pandemic showed us what was already there, but we didn't see or we, we were in denial, or we didn't want to see it. So that was very powerful. Another issue, another theme was about generations. And there were dreams, already, already in September, there were dreams, first of all, dreams of, that continued during the pandemic, the first period, uh, January and February and March, of, of people driving, uh, cars or buses, but uh, it was uh, very difficult to drive them because they couldn't stay sit in the right position steering. Hmm? But there was so it's like uh, we are not able to have a control on our life. This exploration uh, came up with this, and also uh, the responsibility put on young generations. So there were uh, many dreams made by, by youth about uh, uh, driving cars or trucks without being able to, but the car or the truck was given by elderly to them. But they didn't have driving license or they didn't know how to brake uh, or they couldn't see because they were too small, too young, too, yeah? So they couldn't have a view on the, on the street. And this was also um, an issue that came 
like uh, how much responsibility and expectations on young generation to solve the problems the previous generation created. So these are some of the issues that um, came up and also relationship with nature that came up a lot. So many uh, dreams were either the nature was, nature landscapes were um, damaged, like flooding, for instance, uh, or where you would discover beautiful landscapes with beautiful colors and waterfalls. And, uh, and, and another, and there's another one related to, um, ah, it's going away, but there was another topic that was very interesting that came up in this dreaming matrix. But in this moment, I go blank. <laughs> <laughs> I might come back to you. Might come back, yeah. Yeah, that's, mm. yeah, that's really fascinating, the, the ones that you brought up there. Um, so, yeah. Um, I'm just oh, it, okay, I got it. Yeah, for sure. Group of people. Groups of people uh, turning dangerous. Yeah, crowd turning where you are at your at ease or whatever, and then they turn dangerous, and you feel not so much at ease. That was another, mm. but many animals as well, many animals, many uh, um, relationship with animals, and 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 transformation as well. It was very interesting. Yeah. Now we stopped. We will start again in October, because we are in summer break. How many people would um, take part? When we were in Turin, so face-to-face, -face, we were in between 15 and 20. 15, average 15. When we moved on Zoom, that was interesting um, because in Zoom, you don't have boundaries, geographically speaking. So we reached 30, 30, 35, with people also from abroad. I have a colleague living in, 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 in Greece. She's Italian. She lives in Salonico. She joined us. Uh, a colleague of mine in Tirana joined us. A colleague, uh, Franca's colleague from Barcelona joined us. And then people from Rome, from Milan, from Padua, Venice. You know, it was, uh, it changed, of course, the, the composition of the group. That was also very interesting. Did you find that the dreams changed people? when more people from a, a wider area were involved. Yeah, yeah. There is, um, um, it's like, you know, I think it's like when you invite people around and you say, everybody, we, let's share the food and everybody bring a recipe uh, to, share, to share. And of course, if I invite my neighbors, I can have a certain variety of dishes. But if then I, if I invite people from other cultures, I can have, Try dishes that maybe I've never tried before. The variety can mm. increase, no? And mm. also living in different, also because the pandemic wasn't at the same time. Uh, it's ubiquitous, but not in synchrony. Now more, but we were the first in Italy. In March, we were in lockdown, but they weren't in lockdown in Spain, not yet, for instance, or in Greece. They came later. So yeah. you could experience also different stages. I was just, the, the thing that was coming up for me was then, I guess, if people 
because obviously it's having the, the pandemic is having a massive impact on on people's mental health in generally um and like we, we, you know we've witnessed that firsthand yeah. and i imagine you have as well um so then obviously moving that into the into the dream world as well and then whether because i suppose whether those dreams that are happening as a result of the pandemic are either helping people to process it or sort of mm. stimulating that anxiety i just wondered if you had any thoughts oh. about whether they were good or bad for people in this at this time well i can i think it's too on the one hand it's like too early to see uh, for me it's still early to answer such a question but i can answer this question try to answer it on a Mm, I, I'm looking for the English word. Um, not pragmatic, but on 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 a reality ground. So uh, people kept to come to the matrices, for instance. So I guess that if people keep on coming. And participated it means that that kind of of um, of setting of device uh, to to share dream and to process dream uh, is helpful which does not mean that it doesn't create anxiety because myself I was in anxiety with certain themes that were came up or during the metrics I was sometimes feeling very intense anxiety and angst so, but uh, it, maybe it's very important to, uh, to share. The sharing is important and to think together and to acknowledge that we are in the same situation and we can share and, and, and start to think it together because otherwise we only get what the media wants us to get. You know, it's like we only get hyper-processed food or thought in this case. And gathering and, and thinking together and sharing dream is like uh, to grow your own vegetables instead of buying, I don't know, for instance, the vegetables coming from Holland and, 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 and picked up green and, and, uh, and they get red ripe in the fridge and then they come here. And or you know you buy a, pa a package of uh, how do you call it Pringles? This is hyper-processed food, uh, and it's not healthy at all. So I I like this metaphor of the, and so we get slogan, we get uh, pre-thought thoughts. We have to pay very. So I think this is the you. This is very important that we get empowered, and empowerment in this age means rediscover that we can think together and we can have a voice and the other thing is that we are in a tra collective trauma so it's very difficult to work it through while you are in the trauma sometimes it takes a years in order to be able to work it through mm -hmm. And another thing, I, I think that this work with dream and uh, at a collective level can be useful because uh, we are in a, it's like if 
it is as if the world is and society, it, we have an autoimmune illness because we are provoking the damage we, we suffer from. So we really have to enhance our um, system, immunity system, social immunity system and personal immunity system, of course. Uh, and, and, and how can we do it? By, create, by cooperating and creating community. Uh, work in the community and create, grow the community. Definitely one of the most powerful tools of recovery is that finding that sense of community and working together mm. and working things out together. And in this regard, you have a, a music is very important. Now, one thing I wanted to tell you is that Anna Maria Traveni, but also my friend Franca, they combine groups and art. Anna Maria uh, did large groups with, uh, um, with musicians in the theater in Turin in, in the 80s and 90s. Uh, I wasn't born to group analysis yet, but I heard the narration of it. Or with actors in the theater in Turin, for instance, or in the GAM, which is the modern art gallery we have in Turin. So mm -hmm. art and groups. And Franca, Franca does social dreaming with a, uh, with a, uh, she's a dancer. She's a dancer who is doing the training in social dreaming. And they, last year, they did one week of social dreaming in the morning and dance, which means music as well. So I think it's very important to connect and to find how, how to work together. Each of us from uh, his or her own competence. But I think it's very, very important. This is another form of collaboration, cooperation that is empowering. Mm. Yeah, it becomes more than the individual. Yeah. And, yeah. and different languages. Put yeah. together different languages, dream, music, and the group and, and the verbal exchange. You know, starting from dreams, from music, from other form of art can help communicating in a less judgmental way and a less um, logical and rational way. It sometimes closes instead of opening. Yeah, being more expressive in many different mm. mediums. But for sure, I would like to follow this project of yours. I don't know if it's possible. If yeah, there is, a, I can become a follower yeah. of a YouTube or whatever. I would like to be mm. updated because I think it's very important. Oh. Yeah, this we'll is one you. thing. Yeah, we can send you our. We can, we'll send you all of our our details and stuff in an email. Yeah, yeah, I would really love yeah. to 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 follow it and and to follow your music as well. So if you can post it or keep me updated, because I, I think it's very important what you are, what you are, uh, what you are at. <laughs> Thank you. I congratulate you on it, really. We just, we'd like to finish, I don't know if you saw that in the email about if you, if you could finish with, with a dream of oh, yours yes. that you'd like yes. to share. Did you have one prepared? That would be yeah, really lovely. Yeah. And then maybe we'll say, we'll say goodbye beforehand. So. Yeah, okay. thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> okay, goodbye. So, yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. So the dream I thought of. 
it's a dream I had some times ago, like not even one year ago, but this dream is in a very dark and gloomy and gray landscape, as if the nature was dead, only brown earth. And I start digging, looking for food, for potatoes. And so I dig, 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 and suddenly I find golden potatoes. And these golden potatoes are the only light and color in this gloomy scene. And I decide I keep on digging because I might find out more. Thank you.